you are listening to The Dudes, bringing you wall-to-wall coverage of all Mississippi State athletics. Featuring Reflector Sports Editor Tanner Marlar and WMSV Sports Director Cody Blazak. Alongside Tanner Marler, I'm Cody Blazak here with another episode of The Dudes. Mississippi State basketball men's team is set to host Tennessee come tomorrow night. We'll talk in Tennessee by Morgan Wallen, the theme for today's episode. Tennessee is hot at the moment. Mississippi State coming off a loss this past weekend. Going to be a tough challenge for Mississippi State, but it's that time of the year where we are right around the corner from March and they have to start getting things done, especially where they are at in bracketology. It'll be a wild rest of February and an interesting start to March come the end of the season and the SEC tournament. To get started, though, we'll get into Tennessee in just a bit, but the loss this weekend was not ideal. Suboptimal, if you will, Cody. Suboptimal, if you will. Uh, Mississippi State still yet to grab a road win this season. Uh, dropping the game to Arkansas. Tolu Smith was back in that game, though. I think, believe he turned in like 11 points, something like that. Uh, not his strongest showing, but he was very obviously winded during that game, uh, and that's to be expected when coming back off of uh, a little bit of a break like that. But either way, this team's got to figure something out. They've got to figure out how to win on the road now granted I think if they beat Tennessee and somehow miraculously beat Auburn at home they're definitely in but either way they've got to figure out how to take that fight and take the energy and take the play style that they have in Humphrey Coliseum on the road to other teams and if they can't figure that out you know it it may just be NIT again yeah which is in my opinion and I feel like in a lot of people's opinion a failure to the season. I agree. This team was expected as a team to make it to March. And if I recall correctly, and I'm not trying to call you out, but I believe you said at the beginning of the season you were hoping for a 1-3 to three seed. I was. I was. And, and I, again, I, I wouldn't change it a bit. I think this team has the talent to be a 1-3 to a three seed. I think uh, they, most they've shown do. that they can. They've shown that they can hang with anybody in the country. the yeah. The problem is they haven't been able to take that fight on the road. They haven't even been able to take it to neutral site games. They've got an ugly loss to Louisville, who has been trending downward since that loss. In all honesty, they've got a neutral site game against Colorado State that they should have won but didn't. I mean, it's games like that that you know, when Selection Sunday comes, people are going to look at those games, Cody. Yeah, without a doubt, and you know, at the beginning of the season when you said one to three seed, I thought you were crazy. Not not because the team doesn't have the potential, but I just don't think we have the coaching for it. I think the players very well 
could be an easy one to three seed. But time in and time again, it feels like the coaching is the issue. And I don't I don't think I don't even think it necessarily boils down to just I don't think it boils down to just the coaching, let me say that. But I think it plays a huge part in it. I think that at times this offense, again, and I've said it on previous episodes, look looks somewhat archaic. Uh, there's a lot of standing around. There's a lot of slow movement. There's no kind of set plays that I've seen where they can go to and get an easy bucket. It's just this repetitive motion offense. There's no kind of real pace to it. There's a lot of standing around. And in college basketball, sure, that may have worked in maybe even the early 2000s or the or the late 19, or the 1990s, but that doesn't work anymore. That doesn't work. You've got to be able to move the ball. Yeah, and it's just for state fans, it is very aggravating to have such high hopes at the beginning of the season with a team that is stacked as this team is and as deep as they are to be on the border of getting into March. Yes, they're I believe they're still currently in the first four out, which um are in the first two out or they're the second they're, place I in the first. I believe they're four. the number two team out at the moment okay don't quote me on that though either way th- they're still in the first four out which is not exactly where you want to be because like we said on the last episode at least the last time we got to look at the bracketology here on the show the teams around them in that first four out were pretty hot yeah the first team out at the moment is creighton we are right behind them at number two yeah this was updated nine hours ago okay. nine hours ago so when when you look at where we've come from at the start of the season to now, I, I think you have to boil it down to one is injuries and absences. I think that plays a huge part in it. Not having Tolu Smith in this lineup for for any kind of substantial, consistent amount of time obviously hurts. But I think again you do have to look at coaching. I think it just boils down to simply, you know, the talents there. The the raw athletic ability is there. They just haven't been able to get it done for some reason. And yeah. is that on the coach? That's for the that's for the that's for the powers that be to decide. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't want to completely put this on the coaches, but I just feel like when you look full circle, a lot of the issues do come from the coaching staff. And I, I feel like I, I've. How do I put this? How do I word this? I've followed Mississippi State sports for four years. I haven't followed it for my entire life like you have. Since I was here as a freshman, there was nothing spectacular. Mm -hmm. And it was because they had some teams. Oh, that Lamar Peters team that was a five seed in the NCAA tournament, that was a disgustingly good team. Once again, it had its issues, though. It did. And, And it's... I know all teams aren't going to have these once-in-a-lifetime coaches like Coach K or uh, Roy Williams or but you John have Calipari. But you have to have somebody that can get the best out of their guys when it counts. I feel like even – I don't know. They, they're they going to have to turn something around for this next month. Conference Conference tournament is give or take a month away. Well, right now there are 20, I believe it's 29 days left in the regular season. Uh, I think there's 20, I think they have nine games to play in 26 days or 27 days. 
something like that. It's a tough schedule from here on out. There's not a lot of practice time left. So in a lot of ways, and Coach Allen spoke about this in a press conference just earlier, um, there's not going to be a lot of time to correct things. So it's going to have to be things that are either A, correct on the fly, or B, the players themselves have to figure out. Yeah, whatever it is, is it's going to have to be changed quick. They have... They do have a tough schedule around the corner. Tennessee, LSU, Alabama, Missouri back-to-back, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Auburn, and A&M. You get that streak of four games, Missouri back-to-back, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt, where all of those teams are under 500. Excuse me, no, they're not. Missouri is under 500. I don't give enough credit to South Carolina and Vanderbilt, obviously. Shame on you. But shame. They're they're barely above five hundred. Yeah. In the simplest. Yeah, you've got to win those. Those have to be four wins. That's the nerve wracking part, because, because you never know what's going to happen with the South Carolina State. game is on the road. The Missouri game, one of the Missouri games, is on the road, and is the Vanderbilt game on the road? The Vanderbilt game is here. Sorry, but either way. This is still a team that is more than halfway through their season that has not managed to win a single game on the road. With Arkansas being another loss on the road, it was close in the first half. And I don't want to say it was terribly different in the second half, but outscored by eight points and they just they had that stretch from about the nine-minute mark all the way until the two-minute mark where they didn't score. Brutal. They scored, but it, it, it was brutal. It's, Arkansas you can't afford to have those advantage. dry. You can't afford to have those dry spells in SEC play. You can't because the SEC this year especially is too good. Doesn't matter who you're playing. Doesn't matter if you're playing Vanderbilt. It doesn't matter if you're playing Missouri. Doesn't matter if you're playing Kentucky. You cannot afford to have those dry spells like that. You cannot afford to shoot 29% and a half like you did against Kentucky. You cannot afford seven virtually scoreless minutes like you did against Arkansas. The bench was not a whole lot of presence either in this game, which we thought would be a factor. Six points from the bench. It's not it's not acceptable. It, it I understand we have a, a huge focal point on our starters, but they cannot win games by themselves. They 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 will be burnt out come March if if you're playing them like this and expecting them to win every single game. I I really don't see much of a takeaway from this Arkansas game besides. It was just a poorly played game. Nothing spectacular at all. I mean, I I really thought we had a chance going into Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. And but now to kind of you you have to wash it down. You have to just flush it. You have to. You can't look back on it. And now we've we've got a little bit of time here. We'll we'll kind of dive into the Tennessee game taking place tomorrow night. Like you said off the top, Cody. Tennessee's hot. Tennessee. I mean, everybody expected them to be good coming into this year, and they're good. They're good. They've got a very solid guard rotation, but I think, and this is going to be a key point, I think they're a better matchup 
for Mississippi State's guard rotation than Arkansas's is. Because Arkansas is a very lengthy, a very strong, and a very athletic guard rotation. I think they have one guy who's like 6'5", 210. Tennessee doesn't have that guy. Tennessee's guys at the guard spots match up much better with Shaq Moore, I have some Molinar and Rocket Watts than Arkansas's do. Um, in fact, Howland had to play DJ Jeffries at the two for a lot of the Arkansas game. Just, again, like he said, just because of the matchup. So, I think matchup-wise, this works out a little bit better than Arkansas. But again, this Tennessee team is wicked hot. They can shoot. They lead the conference, Cody, in three-pointers made per game. Yeah, this, this Tennessee team is... They're hot right now. They're good, but I I believe, in my opinion, that Mississippi State has the better personnel. I think they have better players. The issue is, is Tennessee is coached better, and they are playing a lot better. They are. And, and, and I think this should be a very winnable game. It is. It is. And again, I, I, I think if you're Mississippi State, you have to go into every game thinking it's a winnable game because if you're a Mississippi State fan, you have to look at every game like it's a winnable game because it is. Again, we've seen that this team has the talent and the ability to play with anybody, and they're just going to have to walk out and hunt for Coliseum tomorrow night and prove it. Well, uh, I feel like we've said it the past like six shows, but once again, this is a must-win. It is. It Every is. single game from here on out is, is a, a must-win. Win. You win, you might be inside the bubble, but if you don't win that next game, you're outside it. There, there is no taking your foot off the gas pedal. Right no, now. it is you all take gas, your foot no off, brakes. You take your foot off. See you in the NIT. It is all. It has to be all gas, no brakes, until you're sitting on your couch at the end of the season. If you're Mississippi State, it has to be. And if you can do that, and I can be satisfied with it. If you can come out and show effort, and at least if you're going to lose a game, lose respectfully. I mean. Yeah, it sucks you put yourself in the position, but you did all you could to right the ship. You know, at the beginning of the season, we talked about what a successful season this would be for Mississippi State. And we, we I believe if I'm remembering correctly, we, we said a Sweet 16 appearance. Yeah. What is considered a successful season now? Because our standards have... You got to make the tournament. Obviously dropped. You got to make it. Which is, I feel, which is, it's sad to say it feels like. Because at the beginning of the season, we're like, oh, this team's going to make a... This team could make a deep in, tournament in your, run. In your, in your opinion, you thought a one or a three seed. I thought a I five thought, seed. I thought this team genuinely could make a very deep tournament run. And and now we're just saying... We just got to get Are we going to get into the tournament? Yeah. It, it's... It's disappointing now, but I think we both know... Come Selection Sunday, we're going to be very relieved if we make this tournament. And I feel like our expectations are going to shoot through the roof again, though. If they make the tournament, is that a successful season? Is that good enough for us with this team? I'm not sure. I'm genuinely not sure. And like I said, a lot of that is up to the powers that be. I know that Hallen is well-connected to the powers that be, but if you look at the body of work, this t- at this point in the season – if this team performs as expected, there's no doubt they're in the tournament. We, sh- we wouldn't even be having this conversation. We'd be worried about what kind of seed they would be. But now, at this point, we're just worried they're going to make it in or not. It's, it's lining up to be 
if we do get in, we will be one of those round of 68 teams, which is not fun. No. And it is one of the most uh, – it, it, it's scary to watch. And, you know, last year we had a team that played in there that made it to the Final Four in UCLA. Yeah. I, I hate to say this, but what if? Because if you want I mean, looking at those two teams, they're very similar. They really are. This year's Mississippi State team and last year's UCLA team, they're, they're very similar in many ways. Iverson Mullinor compared to Johnny Juzang. DJ Jeffries, in a sense, compared to Jaime Hawkes. In a sense, in a sense. Not Jaime Hawkes obviously has the edge, but otherwise, when I look at that team, who else can you name? Tiger Campbell? Bernard, I, I mean, they've got good players, but I take Garrison Brooks, Tolu Smith, uh, yeah, Shaquille Moore. I take them all over them. I think they're better, and I think that's I think that's part of the root of the conversation and the fact that we know exactly what this team should be doing and they haven't. And, and I think it's similar to UCLA last year. It was a, if you're going to get in, and if you do, what happens? They got in and they proved that's what they were supposed they, to be. Yeah, they belong. Like everybody there. thought at that beginning of that season. And now, and this won't happen for us come next year because we're going to lose a bunch of players. Yeah, next year is next year is going to be a difficult year. But to kind of refocus and shift gears back to Tennessee, Tennessee obviously, like I said, a very hot team. Honestly, a lot of a lot of next level talent all over that court. I mean, you look at Chandler, a guy that I think is definitely going to be in the league. A kid out of Memphis played at Sunrise Christian in Kansas. I mean, he's a stud. He's a he's a stud freshman guard. Uh, Josiah Josiah James in the game against South Carolina looked like an NBA player. I mean, this guy's a six foot six. He was a five star recruit uh, coming out of high school. He's talented. I mean, they have the talent all over the floor. And then you look at you know Folker, uh, John Fulkerson, you know a, a guy that has been a part of that program for so long. It's not going to be any kind of pushover. I mean, it's going to be a really short preview here from us that's really all you can say Mississippi State has to win yeah they, they have to win these teams match up somewhat similar as well because Tennessee has a lot of veteran players yeah which Mississippi State does too but Tennessee also has a lot of youth which they do we kind of we kind of excuse me we're kind of struggling in that aspect but it's going to be tough to beat a veteran team that is playing very well. It is. It the is. only good thing that I can say about that game is it is at home. Mississippi State is 11-1 and at home this season, which is good. We're, we've got some other stuff to talk about after this. I believe you want to talk a little baseball. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll dive into baseball here in a second. We'll go ahead and get our X factors out of the way if you like. Cody. Lead it off. Offensive X factor. I'll go Shaq Moore. I like that. Shaquille Moore has not scored in double figures, I believe, in five straight games. Hallen said today he's been working in the gym a lot on his shot. He, he needs he needs a turnaround. He needs it, and I hope he gets it against Tennessee. So you're locking it in with Shaq Moore, huh? That's my man. All right. I'm going to have to say. I think on offense, I'm going to have to go with Tolu Smith for this game. I think he's going to have to give Fulkerson the business. 
I think Fulkerson has struggled at times this season with being less physical than need be. If Tolu Smith can get in there and body him, granted, Fulkerson obviously has a height advantage, but I think Tolu is a fine matchup for him. So my offensive X factor, I'm thinking a solid 15 out of Tolu Smith, and you put yourself within a good shot of winning this game. So to shift gears to the defense, Cody. Garrison Brooks. I like that pick. Needs, and I feel like we say this way too often, he needs a good defensive game. He does. He does. He's got to play well on the defensive side. You talked about DJ Jeffries being a vulnerability. Yeah, Garrison, Garrison Brooks, Brooks has been may there. as well be there too. Yeah, some games, Garrison Brooks has, has been quite vulnerable on the defensive end. So Cody's going with Garrison. I'm going with a little bit of a different route here. Um, a guy that Howland, again, there was a media availability today at 1.30 I got to go to. Howland said he's probably going to get a lot more minutes uh, because he's been playing fairly well. Rocket Watts. He only had five minutes against Arkansas. Yeah, and he, and he said today in that press conference said he should have played Rocket more. He should have played Rocket more every game. And I, I agree. I said this. So I think, I think him saying that leads me to believe Rocket's going to be a key part of the rotation this game due to that heavy guard rotation, that, that good matchup in the guard rotation that he's going to see against Tennessee. If Rocket Watts can come out and score a little bit off the bench and be kind of a defensive spark for that bench unit, I think it gives Mississippi State an incredible edge. As much as I love hearing him say that, my only issue with that is he has this just awful tendency of taking players out when they're hot. Yeah. And and we've discussed I, this on his show before, and it genuinely grinds my gears. I, I am all for playing Rocket. But if he gets hot. But Lord, no, not if he gets hot. If Iverson or Shaquille Moore or either of them get hot, Leave them in. Or DJ Jeffries, leave them in. Do not put Rocket Watts in. Leave them in. Or or if Rocket Watts gets hurt, do not put Iverson Molinar. Get Iverson a little breather on the bench. Let them play while they're hot until they miss one or two. Let them play. There's no need to interrupt what they're doing. None. unless, Unless they are just gasping for air and cannot breathe, let them play. Score prediction. Tennessee, 71. Mississippi State, 69. You're gonna, you're putting this team in a hole. I am. I am. I think Tennessee's a very good ball club. I think they're a solid tournament team. Yesterday on Hot Takes, David took Texas over Kansas. Oh? That happened. I don't believe he took Virginia over Duke. He might have. I can't remember. But he, he, he said it probably will happen. He's taking Auburn, losing to Arkansas tonight. David's got a lot of upsets this week. And he's taking Mississippi State beating Tennessee tomorrow. He I believe he's two for two right now. I, I'm going to jump on his bandwagon, and I'm going to take Mississippi State over Tennessee by five. That's fair. That's fair. And I also agree with Auburn losing tonight. Down goes number one. Uh, I think it's coming later. In I don't Fayette think it's coming Bill, tonight. Down goes number one. I they don't win another game the rest of the season. Oh, easy there. Easy. Not, I, easy. It, it, you know it's coming for Auburn. You just don't it know is. When. It is. I, I don't think it's coming yet. I've got, them, I've got it next week. I've got them dropping on next after, week. After that, 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 that close 
win to Georgia against yeah, which Georgia? Is, yeah, which is why I think that they I think they kind of get the ship right this week, and then it all comes crashing down next week for a game. But now to kind of swap into something we've been looking forward to for almost the whole year now, Cody, since since we even started this, we're finally getting to talk about the namesake, baseball. What's that? Describe me what is baseball. What is baseball? So what happens is, in a game of baseball, there are some players from both teams. How many? Well, there's nine each. Each each team will play nine players, all right? And then there's one player on one team that is going to throw a little white ball towards this thing. Are there any other colors on the ball? Well, there's a red stitching on the ball, might I add. And this player that is dubbed a pitcher will, funny enough, pitch the ball to this guy standing on home plate, which is where all the batters stand. All right? This guy's the batter. What shape is the field? It's like a big diamond, you know? It's it's really cool. It's super dope. I, I love it. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm about in tears listening to this description. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I can't. I can't do it anymore. For anyone who actually thought I didn't know what baseball is, I know what baseball is. I can't do it anymore. I can't. Anyway, the namesake, like you were saying, the national champions of baseball from last season, the Mississippi State Bulldogs baseball team, will be back in action in, what, a week and a half? February 18th. Oh my gosh, that's ten days away. It is. And speaking of ten days, speaking of ten days away, um, obviously I, I I am the sports editor over the student newspaper, the Reflector. We'll be doing a countdown. The first article actually just got published. What's a countdown? Stop, <laughs> stop. We have we have we have like ten minutes tops left in this show. We can't do this. <laughs> but we'll have a countdown. Uh, we'll be counting down each day with a different article, a different talking point leading up to baseball season so if you want to be in the know and you want to catch up and relive some memories from last year's uh, magical season check it out over at reflector-online.com uh, click on the sports section each day there will be a new article like i said so check it out helps us out a lot here and it'll help you out as a baseball fan but either way to get back to the matter at hand mississippi state will be oh hosting a fabulous a fabulous opening day for the 2022 season. And, Cody, these Bulldogs look ready. I just want to win a nat- another national championship. I do, too. I, I do, too. I, I would love, with all my heart, to go back to Omaha again. Cody that was Cody had a great time in, o- that in Omaha, might have to say the least. That been the best two days of my life. <laughs> Cody, Cody did have a – Cody was there for the national championship. And I had a great time in Omaha. But, I, hey, all I'm saying is – Meet, meeting Hardy is one thing. Yeah, yeah. Which I got to do yeah. in Omaha. Yeah. But meeting him with Tanner Allen is another thing. That's another thing. Which completely different ball game. Completely different ball game. I, th- I'm gonna go on a little spiel, like a one minute spiel of just how great Omaha is. So if we do go back, highly recommend it. For instance, with Vanderbilt, I don't know how this would be with another team, but 95 percent of the people there were Mississippi State. Fans. Oh, 100 percent. So anywhere you go. It's welcome. We love you. Let's have a good time. We're going to win this. But the atmosphere is just 
I don't even know how to explain it. it you run into someone you college know everyone. Baseball. What's what's even it's crazier just college baseball, is man. out of however many thousands of people were in the stands, my boss, our boss, Anthony, I knew he was going. We both knew we were going. I go to the gift shop and I just run into him. And I was like, Hell State, that was game two. And game three was just Amazing. Uh, the eruption from the crowd. I I've never you know what's even crazier is I've been to four Mississippi State baseball games. In four years, I've never been to the dude. I've been to two SEC tournament games. I'm, I swear, I've been to two. What SEC, is wrong with you? I work. Oh yeah, I've been to two SEC tournament games that we got dominated in Hoover. Then I went to games two and game three of the College World Series. I am making you I've take a been, day off. I've been to the two most meaningful games in Mississippi State baseball history. I am making you take a day off, and we are going to watch a game as fans. But, and Cody, to get back to that national championship, you know what it's going to take? Uh, a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work, but it's going to take pitchers. It's going to take good pitching. Pitching won that pitching won that national championship for us in a lot of ways last year and this year. A lot of question marks surrounding this pitching staff. Could you describe what pitching is again? Stop that! <laughs> Stop that! No, uh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna bring a stick into the studio and just whack you with it whenever we start talking about baseball and you ask me how the game works. But Landon Sims has already been named uh, the Friday night starter. Obviously, Sims was a three inning monster for Mississippi State last year. It's transitioning into this role, but. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, he's kind of a closer. How, how deep is he going to be able to go? Landon Sims, before he was a closer, was a starter. Yeah, He's done this before. There was an article that Hale State came out with this morning talking about Landon Sims and how he's making the transition and everything. And when you see him pitch, he usually throws his, ha- his fastball or slider. Th- those are his pitches as a closer. The number six, do you know what number that represents? The amount of knuckleballs he threw... Last season. Last season, yeah. 51 innings, he threw six, six of them. Balls. That averages to one per every nine innings. It, it, in the article, it, the writer of the article, I, I, I have, cannot remember his name to save my life, but he put it best. Don't change. Don't change what's working. What's working. You don't need to. No. So that gives him another pitch. It does. He's a three-pitch. He, he's, a, he's, he's a fastball pitcher, let's be honest. His fastball is probably his best pitch, in my opinion. It's got a lot of movement. It's, it's smooth. But it's freakishly well-placed. It's freakishly well-placed. But he's a, three, he's a three-tool pitcher. He can, he can throw three pitches consistently and very well. But the question mark, obviously, is around those other two guys, and we've only got about five minutes here, and I want to kind of spitball on some, some players that have been mentioned. Obviously, the name that flies off the stat sheet is Jackson Fristo. I personally think he's going to be the Saturday guy. I really do. Fristo last year turned in some solid work as a true freshman coming in. He just kind of hit this wall about three-quarters of the way through the season that really kind of derailed him. And... You see this a lot with true freshman pitchers that, you know, they just haven't played that much baseball in their time. Cody, they haven't pitched for that length of a season. And I think now, coming back in his second year as a sophomore season, I think Fristo is really going to be able to anchor down that Saturday spot and provide a really solid option uh, for Mississippi State. Yeah, I I think I have to agree. Um, Fristo was our Sunday guy last year, right? Yes, he was Sunday starter. I, I liked Fristo. I, I really did like Jackson Fristo last year. 
yeah, he had his kinks and his his issues, but the kid was a freshman. He was. He was. And to have a season, to start a season as one of your three main rotation guys. That on says a lot games, about just the kind of player that he is to start with. And, you know, I, I he probably could be a Friday night guy on most team, every team in the nation. But when you are at as stacked as a team that this baseball team is, number two guy isn't bad. No, no, you're getting drafted. Especially behind a guy like Landon Sims. And Will, I mean, yeah, yeah. And and since we're running out of time, we'll obviously talk more baseball come Thursday. But I lied about Sims' pitch, too. It wasn't a knuckleball. It was a changeup that he threw six of that he's going to – that's his third pitch. Yeah. Um, the, The Sunday guy. Here's who I'm tapping before we run out of time. If I am Chris Lamonis, I'm looking very hard at Andrew Walling. Okay? Uh, no, Andrew Walling is a senior. He's a transfer out of Eastern Oklahoma State College. Juco transfer. Started out his career at Oregon State. Struck out 107 batters last year in his Juco action. He's He's got this filthy repertoire. I believe he's got a five-pitch repertoire. He can throw five pitches consistently. This fastball hovers around 95 Who's just the freshman we have coming in? You've got a couple, and we'll touch on them. Thir- we'll, we'll touch on them Thursday. I'll have to go back and look at my notes, but yes, I, I really like the idea of throwing two righties, or maybe even starting Walling on Saturday and then throwing them back with a righty. Uh, that just seems to work, in my opinion. It worked last year when Houston Harding came in, so you saw that. Thirty-three minutes on the counter right now, Cody. If you want to go ahead, give us our closing remarks, and we will table some baseball talk until thursday one more baseball question who's your big hitter who's your new ta this year who's your leader my i I think it's got to be cam james cam james or logan tanner one of the two i think that's the next dynamic duo in my opinion you know who i have who was who's just an absolute stud at the end of the season last year who's that kellum clark kellum clark yes i think kellum clark's gonna be a a very big piece Big I do want to touch. To I do want to spend about fifteen minutes come Thursday on this hitting lineup because I've got some bold predictions for us come Thursday. Yeah, it'll be. We are right around the corner from baseball, and we're oh, both we so ready. about it. So we'll be getting more. We'll get a little time where we talk baseball and basketball. Have to cut some things short, but we have to get both of them in. That'll be coming in the next week or so. Also, forgot to mention that we do have a new graphic for season two. We got that up and running. So if you're looking at your podcasting platforms check that out follow us on twitter the dudes pod we'll talk to you again come thursday with all of your mississippi state athletics coverage for tanner marler i'm cody blazak the proceeding was a wmsv production